0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the ShuttlePod. This is ShuttlePod number 69, and we are recording on July 22nd, 2019. I'm Brian Drew, and I'm here with Kelly Iacovino. Hey, everybody. Matt Wright. Hey, guys. And Jared Whitley. Hello, friends. And uh, we've been away the past few weeks, I guess about three weeks. Uh, we decided to take a little breather kind of post-discovery and pre-convention season. But now SDCC has happened and STLV is coming up in a couple of weeks. So we're revving back up. So we're just going to get right into it. San Diego Comic-Con happened over the weekend. And it's fair to say that quite a bit happened. Right, gang?
1: Yep. Oh, lots. So much.
0: Yeah, it, it was quite a packed... Uh, weekend not just on Saturday there was other little things surrounding uh, the big Star Trek universe panel but let's get into the Star Trek universe panel oh. oh
2: can we talk there was an important anniversary over the weekend too
0: oh yes i am sorry you are absolutely right it would be we would be remiss to not mention the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing
3: mm-hmm. yes indeed highly momentous occasion there
0: the NASA space program is it's fair to say the one of the key Moments of human history. Key moments of human history and a major driver in the creation of Star Trek. Oh, absolutely.
3: <laughs> JFK's speech, totally influential yes. on mm-hmm.
0: TMS. Yeah. Yeah. JFK's Rice speech has so much of the original series
2: embedded in it. It's yeah. amazing.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
2: and it took me until we like a year and a half of doing the shuttle pod before I realized Captain Kirk is basically JFK. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Very much In many much
0: ways, so. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and Gene, was, su- Gene was very clearly inspired, inspired by him.
1: And subsequently, Star Trek itself then inspired people to go into science, yeah. technology, engineering, and math. Oh, so yeah. people course. who work yeah. at NASA today, like myself, um, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of us were inspired to go into science and technology because of Trek. So, sure. Oh, yeah.
2: Very uh, yep. symbiotic. Yeah. Well, yes. and,
3: what's, and what's cool is people like uh, Mike Okuda... Who was this? You know, who was the graphic artist on Trek? Then also started making mission patches for mm-hmm. NASA. Mm-hmm. It's a cool little, yeah, cool stuff.
0: Michelle Nichols was involved.
3: Oh yeah, recording
1: yeah. Recording of course. How could we she was Minorities an ambassador in- for the Trek, was- for the yes. astronaut program.
3: Yes, yep. of course. Yeah, really important. Yeah.
1: And there, there's so much Star Trek at like there's so many Trekkies at NASA. In fact, in the building that I work in, just like where the offices are, um, there are Star Trek related names that. That the, the team who's in there now is part of the Orion Abort Ascent program. So Orion is the next man-rated uh, capsule for going to the moon. And uh, people working on that have named the conference rooms Star Trek names. Oh, like what? So there's like, yeah, there's like the Kobayashi Maru.
2: Nice. Conference
1: room and things like that. And there's, I don't know if you
2: want to be in
0: that one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's like their main conference room too, Mm. and they have um, one of the people whose office is there is decorated with Star Trek stuff, and she has like a TOS um, like door chime thing on the outside of her office. Oh yeah, cool. Lights up and makes sounds and stuff like that. So yeah, it's everywhere for sure.
0: And obviously, there was an experimental prototype space shuttle named after the Starship Enterprise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, not the naval ship Enterprise, the Starship Enterprise. That's right, yes, indeed. When, with Gene and the cast all assembled to watch it be unveiled.
2: So I actually have a Buzz Aldrin trick doubt that I've been waiting, that I'd love uh-huh. to share while we're it's talking serious. about this. Okay, okay so serious. there's an episode of Enterprise called First Flight, where it's kind of like a, a flashback mm-hmm. yep. episode. Matt, you know yes. this episode, right? Mm-hmm.
4: It's okay. a good one. And we, yes, yeah, it's a it terrific
2: is. one. Uh, and it's where Jonathan Archer finds out, like this is five years before the series, that he's not going to be on the first uh, Warp five ship, but he's going to be on the second one. And someone gives a trip. Maybe it's Trip gives him the consolation, like, "Oh, that's okay. You know, second one is still good. Silver medal still good." And he says, "Do you know what Buzz Aldrin said when he walked on the moon?" And the guy says, "No, what did he say?" And Archer says, "No one knows what he says."
3: Right? Aww. <laughs> Which is not true. People do know, but yeah, um, but it was a good yeah, little anecdote
2: And and I remember I kind of felt bad for Buzz Aldrin there. But it, but then you look at it. He's had a very long life. He's got a strong social media presence. He was at mm-hmm. the State of the Union this year, got a standing ovation. And, of course, he was the inspiration for Buzz Lightyear. So right. even mm-hmm. if we don't know what he said on the moon, he still had a very good legacy. And I hope Captain Archer eats those words. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not the Salieri of spaceflight. <laughs> oh,
0: very good, Ooh, Jared. Wow. And, and, yeah. and,
2: and who played Salieri in Amadeus?
0: F. Murray Abraham, F. Mary, who, F. Mary. who was
2: also in
3: yeah insurrection there
0: insurrection. we are. boom six degrees
4: of star trek <laughs> baby yep. you like it?
1: wow we've See, done it we come can... to the
0: shuttle pod for these kind of deep cut observations
1: we can hang up the podcast that's it's uh that's it, it we've done it it, it. is it such reached a tragedy track
2: that forget Kef... talking
3: about comic-con we're done yeah,
2: that's it. Thank you. We've had a lovely episode. <laughs> we'll see you for episode uh, 70. 70, yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: anyway, thanks for that, uh, that that we could talk about that. And Kayla, it's so great that you work at NASA.
0: Yes, it is. It's I know, so that's cool. so
1: cool. Yeah, it was cool being there, because yeah, I work at Johnson Space Center in Houston, which is obviously the, the mission control for the Apollo program. And they mm. have restored mission control to look exactly as it looked during mm. the Apollo missions. Oh, and great. And they That's had crazy. it on display. You, you can go see it. You can, you can go take a tour of it. And um, my husband and I were there over the weekend um, and mm. wandered in, in between a couple of tour groups and happened to see a bunch of uh, Apollo, like old-timers from the Apollo era in there, sitting in their seats, yep. including wow. Gene Kranz.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh,
1: who was yeah. wearing that white vest.
0: He was wearing that vest. Yep. yep. <laughs> it
1: was wow. fantastic seeing, seeing him in there, and everyone looked super excited. I mean, down to, like, they have ashtrays at every one of the consoles. And everything.
3: <laughs> so they really did go for the 60s look, huh?
1: Yeah, except they don't have any cigarette butts in them, so. Wow.
0: Yeah, as I said that, to Kelly that, when I were talking about that the other night, she's like, it's not canon. There's no cigarette, yeah. <laughs> <There's no> cigarette <laughs> yeah. butts.
1: But it's really cool, and if any one of you listeners out there is in Houston anytime soon, make a point of going down to Space Center Houston and getting a tour of the Apollo mission control because it's very cool to see.
2: All righty. Well, en- enough of uh, actual manned exploration of the cosmos. Let's talk <laughs> about some imaginary stuff. Let's talk about the fake stuff, yeah. So
0: uh, we're going to go a little bit out of order based on how the panels went. We're going to go for the thing that we all really want to talk about first, which is Picard. They unveiled a the trailer. Patrick Stewart and the cast were there. There were a lot of surprises. You know, Brent Spiner is returning his Data. Jerry Ryan is coming into the show as Seven of Nine. Jonathan Darko is on the show now as Hugh. Like, there's a lot. There were a lot of big surprise moments during the panel. And uh, just wanted to know what you guys think of everything that you saw.
2: Are we talking about the panel or the trailer? Oh, well, just in general. Either. I mean, I could, I could specify. Okay. So uh, now I, w- I wasn't there and I just watched the trailer first yesterday and this is my reaction. This is the emotional reaction I've had. I feel like my high school sweetheart has just sent me an email and the subject line says, Hey, and I see on the, on the, on the from field and she's using her maiden name, not her married name. And it's like, Oh, maybe she's divorced now. So like my hopes are through the roof. But I'm terrified to open the email.
4: Yeah,
1: that's that's really good. Does that make sense? Nice analogy.
2: Thank you. I was I came up with it when I was driving yesterday. I'm like, I can't wait to share this with my uh, with my uh, shuttlepod friends. And then my cousin (laughs) asked me what I thought about the trailer yesterday, so I could use this twice. Nice. So that's where I am. I thought the trailer looked great. I my Mm -hmm. my heart got a little tickle when I saw seven of nine. Um, Yeah. some people have complained like there's too much action in this trailer and it's not like cerebral enough. It's like they always put action in trailers. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. You can't really judge it. I also didn't
1: think it was particularly action heavy for a trailer. I agree.
2: I agree, Kayla. I thought it was fine. I
1: thought it was normal.
2: Mm -hmm. It is normal. I agree.
1: Like it starts with him like standing in a field. That's not. People
3: need to like not confuse sweeping like movement, camera movement. Action, <laughs> ah. Because A lot of them are sweeping shots, but there's not a lot of like action. There
1: was action. no like, there wasn't like yeah. fight. I don't, were there even no. a fight scene in it? Like, no, I, I don't think so. No, no I don't think she,
2: she. The she kicks a guy. Oh, there and, you go. And like okay, he gets so beamed away it. when she kicks him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're gonna see Picard. Uh, engaging in many fisticuffs. Yeah. We're not going to see movie. I don't think we're going to see movie Picard. No.
3: I don't think so. I think the age is tempering that, which is I, good. Yes.
1: He might be I a new so. Picard because, you know, we've talked a lot about on this podcast about how there's movie Picard and there's TV Picard, but this might be yeah. like mm-hmm. a third I think incarnation.
3: I think this is the third Maybe. phase of Picard, yeah. Because he's I a agree.
1: different person and the show is going to be a different beast. You know, it's made in a different time and it's set in a different time and they're taking into account things that have happened. You know, it's set 20 years after Nemesis, um, mm-hmm. So after the destruction of Romulus, you know mm-hmm. all, so all these things that have happened to, to we, we've never seen what like we've, we've, only, we've only went from TV Picard to movie Picard, but we've never gone back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this will be the first time this of like true. going back to him after he's lived as And yet forward. Movie Picard. Mm-hmm. And yet forward, and yet mm-hmm. twirling. <laughs> twirling, twirling oh. toward freedom. <laughs> twirling Always twirling. Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. glad, ah, so glad that didn't fall and, into and, and,
2: and 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 you know who said that was Kodos, who was named after Codos yeah. the Executioner.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That's a Simpson reference for people who don't know. <laughs> yep. yep. I imagine most people do, but hey, I don't know. You, know, you, don't know you, know you can't
0: take it for granted it. though, yeah. you never know. Yeah. So Caleb, what did you what was your general reaction to the panel, the trailer, everything you saw?
1: So maybe not, I wouldn't put it exactly in the same words as Jared did, although I love that analogy, Um, but uh, I would, I think I agree with Jared's assessment in that I am guardedly optimistic.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's the exact words I used too.
1: Yeah, it's um, like, I want to be excited for it. The trailer looked looked good, you know, there wasn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't see anything that made me go, you know, I'm interested in who this female character is, Picard, like Patrick Stewart was, you know, at his best, uh, for what I could see. You're so little that, that we have really. And mm. I think all of us have been trying to step back too, and also say like, let's not judge too much before we see anything of substance.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely.
1: So I'm excited, but I'm not gonna, um, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, guardedly optimistic for sure.
0: hmm Matt?
3: uh, yeah in the same vein um especially because like i was busy trying to bang these things out while tony was our boots on the ground and i was back at hq prepping a lot of these articles and stuff and so i was just sort of banging around going like yep that makes sense yep and then it would and then i once all this was the excitement was done i stepped back and i was like hey, yeah, I'm actually really excited about this. Like, <laughs> This actually seems really cool, you know, because at the time I was just like, yeah, this is kind of what we expected. Yep, that's business as usual. Oh, shit, look at that. There's Jay Ren. That's awesome. Didn't expect that. And then just get moving on, you know. And then I sort of processed it and was like, no, this actually feels really cool. And then, like you say, I got really excited. Then I was like, nope, have to be a little careful, though. Like, I don't really know how this is all going to work out. So I kind of went through various stages that day, <laughs> that Saturday <laughs> of like, you know, business as usual because it was banging out the articles and then being like, wait, that's really exciting. And then being like, yeah, but I can't get too excited. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was really cool. Um, one thing I wanted to say is Entertainment Weekly just before the panel confirmed that, yes, Picard's dog really is named number one, by the way. <laughs> I don't really know what we- I don't really know what we think about that. That's a little cheesy, but yeah, there you it's go. whatever.
2: That lends itself to a, uh, a, a doggy training uh, joke that I hope they don't make.
3: Oh yeah, I know, right? That's yeah. <laughs> I hope so that too. Leave that.
2: Leave yeah. that. Leave that kind of yeah, thing it, for the it, Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: such an easy setup. They've yeah. given everybody. <laughs> <I know>. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Pardon me. Number one has to take a number two. Give me, let me get a bag. Exactly. You know? it's like, oh boy. Yeah. Here we that have.
2: that and that's not even Family Guy. That's Beavis and Butthead right there. <laughs> uh,
1: I, <laughs> I don't think they'll do that. I don't they, think based so on the tone of everything.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I agree. agree. But
0: they do
3: promise agree. there are light moments, so it could be awkwardly injected. Who knows? But anyway, maybe
1: system. someone will sneeze all over someone else in a turbo lift. Oh God. And they can call that a light moment.
3: They can call a light <laughs> moment. Yeah. Um. I will say. I found it really interesting that there seems to be a chosen one in this trailer. And I really hope it doesn't get into a cliche, but yeah. Yeah. The the younger, the young lady, this mysterious young lady, they keep referring to in this, like, Like, oh, Chosen One, balance to the force kind of thing. Yeah, she's the
0: Kwisatz Haderach.
3: Yeah, it's very... I really hope it doesn't go too far in that direction. That's the one... Like I said, when I had time to reflect on it, I was like, wait, let's let's think about that. Like, I don't know what that means. Like, eesh, let's not lean too far into that kind
2: of cliche.
1: Yeah, it's a trope.
2: Are there theories about her identity? Oh,
3: yeah. Some crazy ones, too. But, um, so... Let's see some of the most outlandish, and we'll work our way to more reasonable ones. So, <laughs> one of the most outlandish is that she's Lal, which no. Um, yeah. I don't think the so. other really <laughs> insane one is that she's the Borg Queen and Picard's uh, offspring. Oh, good, good. The heavens. Borg Queen mated with him at some
1: point. Yeah, I've heard um, a lot of like Borg Queen connected ones.
3: Yeah, things like that. Um, at the very least, it does seem like maybe she's some kind of ex Borg that holds the key to something. That's kind of seems more mm. reasonable because the yeah. Borg
1: are clearly yeah. a, an important part uh, of the plot, super involved. Oh, yeah. Considering
0: he, I think we all kind of considering Hugh
3: is back least. and Seven of Nine is back, yeah. and
1: there's that cool shot of the Borg cube,
3: the Borg cube, which looks really mm. awesome. Like, it does. again, you know, a Borg cube like with you know 2019 special effects looks good. Mm-hmm. 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 And of course, they are very careful not to show us any Borg makeup because you know those guys. Have taken whatever the Borg is to the next level because yeah, you, you they don't... can they can and I think they'll do it well too, I have to say. No,
0: no I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they will. Neville Page is a very, very gifted guy. Oh yeah.
3: yeah. All those guys. James McKinnon, all those guys mm-hmm. are like really yep. good at their job. Yes. So, yes, they are. So I think it'll be good and really cool. So But no, we didn't get to see it, which of course, you know, they're not gonna do that. That would be too much to show us a Borg, you know. That's just, yeah, it's just yeah. a trailer. Yeah, just the, fr- the very first one. They won't show it to us yet. Um, And then Data, of course, is a... Um, yep. I have to say, not totally surprised because I had it... I think um, we, there was some pretty good authority from some yeah. people that yep. I actually tend to trust that said, we know, we've heard in the rumor mill that Brent is kind of getting back into shape for this. and
4: mm-hmm.
3: And it really seems like it. And then the other people that um was happy to hear and not entirely surprising is that of course Jonathan Franks and Mercedes are going to show up later in the season too mm-hmm. and that's not entirely that's awesome and not something that I've heard a rumor but not entirely surprising because people have been noticing what good shape that everyone is in. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's it's funny, but true, right? Like, people have been like, hey, Frick's dropped a few pounds. He looks really good at the latest conventions. And, stuff." And you know, those are all signs, right, that point to something. And there you go. It, it, it wasn't just reading, you know, it wasn't just just because, like, I think it was. and We think so we were right. So now
1: <laughs> with Brent Spiner, is it data or is it B4?
3: So that's what's not entirely clear. They're being
0: coy about
1: that. I mean, it has to be B4. Yeah.
0: Well, right, but Yeah, I mean, but B4 is data, isn't right? it? Right,
3: that's, that's what they... So that's the thing I they mean, kind of imply. But, well, there's,
2: but, but there's that shot where they have, like, all the data parts in and the that's what's lab. Confusing.
3: That's what's confusing. We don't know, but you see that could be a few different Maybe they
1: disassemble B4, and then they're going to put it back together.
3: Right. Or, exactly. or that
0: could or be that's more. a holographic representation of data that we see.
2: Oh, okay.
3: Now, the one thing about that is that those parts are pretty weathered. So it's really, they have a lot of, like, Beat, they're beat up like they're not pristine
2: yeah I mean,
1: before so, his parts were pretty beat up i don't remember i guess he looked clean towards but the i end mean of nemesis, jordi cleaned but... him up in nemesis yeah, yeah.
3: so it, so we don't really know but if you go by sort of for example they're not really doing a lot from countdown because they're already invalidating a bunch of shit that happened in countdown from you know the the 2009 comic prequel stuff the the only thing so far that's even borrowed from it is that the destruction of romulus somehow happened and picard was somehow involved so we don't really know, but if you go by that, and it's a popular theory, is that hint from the end of Nemesis where it maybe looks like Data's, you know, memories are taking effect on B4. Mm-hmm. They ran with that and said Data essentially re-emerged and took yeah. B4's, like, body. You know yeah, what I mean? so I, but it's never going to be him. Data. Well, I Why? mean, if, a, if it's a clone of Data, is it not Data?
0: I mean, it's clear by the end of Nemesis that he that Data's whatever you want to call his positronic relays are starting to kick in on, in B 4s neural net. Yeah, and he starts you know, when he starts seeing "Blue song, Skies" yeah. at the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it starts, and even Picard recognizes what's happening too. So you have to figure maybe in another few weeks, Data would probably would have completely emerged. Right. right.
3: So, uh, so the assumption I think is that this is the B four slash Data version of Data but we don't know it's very unclear you know they're being very coy right. of course
0: right and like i said it's entirely possible that that the data that we see in that picard playing cards with he could just be on a holodeck yeah, yeah
3: there's there's a theory about that that he's he's sort of set, live, reliving the past with like old data you know in, in a hologram form for and then of course has to reassemble them or whatever you know goes on that we see so who knows
0: yeah but it's good to see Brent coming back. I'm very excited. excited. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: yeah.
1: he seems. Um, what do we think too. of the
2: de aging? Uh, it doesn't look terrible.
3: Yeah, that's a little rough though. They're they're certainly going to refine it.
2: You would think so. The thing is, the de aging stuff really doesn't look as good as people think it does. No, right. The only time when it really looked great was with Michael Douglas in Ant Man. I thought that was amazing. Yep. But uh, yeah. with a lot of others, people think, oh, we can do this now. And they, like, look at it on tiny little screens and it looks fine. And then when you go to a theater and see it, you know, 16 feet high, then it doesn't look very good. The other interesting
3: thing, though, is that they're starting to not do that. And they're actually doing it in practical, in camera, with makeup, with just makeup. Oh. And it's actually st- – they're starting to actually do a very good job, you know, a little bit of latex here and there to help, you know, pull a- aging down or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're actually doing mm-hmm. a really good job with it. Um The NBC drama "This Is Us" actually Mm -hmm. does all their aging and de aging practically. Practically, oh, cool! And it's pretty effective. I mean, you know, it's a little uncanny, but it's pretty darn effective, and it is not CG. And so, I'm hoping that that's kind of where what they tend to lean to because they have, dude, they certainly have the makeup people with, with the expertise to do it practically. Absolutely. So, I'm hoping that's where that's going. And for the most part, we see data you know normal like in camera and not a bunch of cgi but Mm -hmm. we'll see it's hard to say i mean that looks CGI, but i think that's because that's supposed to be as a lot of people guess that's a hologram so i'm hoping once we see the real data it's pretty normal you know
0: yeah they have plenty of time to refine and that's another thing we could talk about that the show is not coming out this fall it will be out next year early next year well,
3: and it was never going to be in the fall. It was going to be in the winter. or something. well, you know what so, I mean. Yeah, you so, mean like
0: around around December or something. So the point like is, that, oh originally. no, it
3: slipped a couple months. Like that's honestly, that's no big deal. And I think no, no, all, it's not a big deal. At I all. think we all expected that to be honest. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, yeah, just, and it, like I said, like it gives them time to refine things, like the data effects. And, and stuff let's
3: just like point out that this is a very early trailer. And if people mm-hmm. remember, the first trailer for Discovery actually ended up very different when they released the second trailer. The same footage got tweaked re-rendered color changed yep. the transporter effect changed between the first trailer that they released and the second trailer that i mean they spend they have been a ton of changes over the time so this is this is a raw first trailer they're gonna refine stuff in mm-hmm. post so let's yep. not, so nobody freak out you know about things it's it's gonna get better it's gonna get mm-hmm. dialed in
0: so maybe we'll see something else i mean it's possible they'll do they'll show an exclusive clip in vegas so they who maybe knows. that They're would be nice. They're being very it tight-lipped
3: would. about if, if the Picard people are coming.
0: Yes, we really don't know. We yet. We do
3: know I the mean, lower decks people. Some lower decks people are coming, but we'll get Yes, to that
0: they after. are. They are, and maybe there'll be another trailer for New York Comic Con. Maybe in, in October. That would, that so. would make
3: sense because that's much clo- They get that's more time. You know, they got yes. more time.
0: So we found out there will be more short tracks. Six mm-hmm. of them this time.
1: It's a lot mm-hmm. of short tracks,
0: which is cool. Yeah, a lot of short Treks. Well,
3: I think they know that there's a gap. You Know they have to fill it, yeah. There's going to be a large gap, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a big one. Um, three of them will be set on the Pike Enterprise,
3: which is cool. We did not know this. This is a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. I Everyone's mean, we did actually really ha-
1: going to be happy to yeah. see those people back,
3: yeah. We mm. didn't know there were three of them. We actually did know, thanks to one of the directors posting stuff on Instagram, <laughs> and we noticed it. We were one of the first sites to notice it and quickly took screenshots of it because, of course, you know, they're going to get pulled. <laughs> And sure enough, it was Rebecca Romain uh, up there in in Toronto, like mm-hmm. with Ethan Peck, and we were like, "Holy crap, they're doing it! <laughs> they're doing it!" And so, yeah, they made it official. It's not just one of them though, because we didn't know how many they're making. They're making three, which is awesome.
2: Yep, three fans are very happy about that. So I I, yep. I have mixed feelings about this because so much, and we talked about this when we did our Discovery wrap up. Like the so much of the end of season two of Discovery was them saying, hey, we'd really rather go be back on the Enterprise with Pike and these guys rather than go off into the future with Michael Burnham. And so I, I, I have kind of mixed feelings that they're seemingly more invested in that part of the newest iteration of the franchise than they are in Burnham and Tilly and Saru and all those guys.
3: Well, no, that's the impre- I think that's the only the impression you get because they're being very secretive about Season 3.
2: Okay, I accept that.
3: They, they seem to be... Um... The way they talk about season three, which we'll get to, it does sound like they're putting a lot of effort into it.
2: Mm-hmm. But I do suspect there's more enthusiasm for these three short tracks in than the there fandom. For, yes, yes, yeah, well, so I would tend so to agree. With I was that, remarking
3: yeah. to Brian earlier that if you go by the number of comments, which this is not necessarily a good indicator, but it's just if you go by, you know, here's a rough idea: if you go by the number of comments on our articles out of Comic Con, there are tons of comments on Picard, no doubt there are quite a few number of comments on short on the Short Treks write-ups. Uh, quite a few, somewhat, but less so at Lower Decks, and actually not very many about Discovery Season 3. And I think that comes from the fact they really we didn't tell us a lot about Discovery Season 3. And also, I think that also kind of speaks to the fact that, yeah, a lot of people want to see more of Pike. Like, they just do. Yeah. You yeah. know.
1: Well, so I want to, like, agree with what Jared said, actually, because at the end of Season 2, you know, you would definitely have been forgiven if you thought that season three was going to be oh, yeah. about the Enterprise.
3: Before you get there, there are two animated ones that are supposed to mm-hmm. have more ties to
0: Discovery. Yes.
1: Yeah. No, right. I know. There's three. It's three out of six are going to be in, in the um, in the on the Enterprise Pike's Enterprise. Yeah. So, yeah. it's you know, I'm not saying they're not doing anything with Discovery, but I think Jared has a really good point. That's kind of how it feels yeah. for me as well.
0: So, and one of those animated shorts that we just mentioned will be directed by Michael Chikineo.
3: Yeah, that's interesting because he's he's who is the
0: composer for the the Star Trek, the the Bad Robot Star Trek movies, and all the oh, that's great Pixar movies. Um, So so that
3: better have great music to get. Yeah, yeah, seriously. (laughs)
0: Um, And the other short is going to do a lot of setting up for the background to the Picard series.
3: Yeah, we're supposed to get a Mm -hmm. glimpse it whatever went on with him. Yep. I kind of expected that to be a short, so I'm glad they did it. I was hoping that that's the way to do, is one of them would set up Picard, and they did. That's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. We have a bit of detail about them. We have we have episode titles. Um, that,
3: that's technically all we have. The rest of this is guesswork, like what the titles mean and stuff.
0: One of them is written by Michael Shabon and it appears to be the one where Spock and Number One are stuck in a turbo lift. Oh, that sounds like it's going to be spectacular.
3: That's called Q&A.
0: Yes, Q&A. Um, there's a triple episode.
1: Yeah, how you do know, we... The trouble yeah. with
0: Edward. Yeah, yeah.
3: We need, yeah. We should pause on that for a second. Yeah, so Tribbles, even though this is before most people know what Tribbles are. Including
1: um, the crew of the Enterprise.
3: Yeah, so ugh. All right, whatever.
0: Right, and this appears like it's going to be a triple episode yeah. on the Enterprise.
1: Yeah, Canon, yes. what's that?
0: Indeed.
3: Now, I am looking forward to H. John Benjamin. He is hilarious, so I'm curious yes. how they use him. H. John Benjamin is, is the voice of Archer and Bob and Bob's Burgers. He's yeah, yes.
2: So. Would, would he be like a Cyrano Jones?
3: No, he's he's like a doctor. If you look at the trailer, he's some sort of a mad scientist-looking guy.
2: Huh, he's okay. he's experimenting
3: with tribbles from the look of it. I'm not sure, but that's what it leads you to, to believe. Mm. So, like, he's in a sciences like uniform. So, I think he's like a mad doctor, basically. You know.
0: And the other two episodes, uh, one is one of the two animated ones is called "The Girl Who Made the Stars." which is a reference perhaps to Burnham's yeah. season two model. Oh so yeah, that's right. Remember that,
3: that, yeah. that opening. It's like the, yeah.
2: the African fable or whatever she yeah. tells. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So we think that's a reference to that. So that's probably the animated one.
0: And how do you pronounce this other one?
3: I don't know. I think it's fame and Dot.
0: fame and dot, which will be in the name of another animated it's episode. Be, we don't know yeah, anything yeah. about that might be the one that Chikino's working on. We don't know. And the, The Picard backstory setup is called Children of Mars.
3: Well, it seems the most likely one considering.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because Romulus is the son
2: of Mars in Roman mythology. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were a ton of Romulans in the uh, Picard trailer.
3: Yes, there were. And I I also liked that they, um, I also liked that they sort of split the difference between the versions of makeup. Like, it's got a little bit of it's got most well it's very star trek 2009 inspired which i liked because there's some brow ridge but not the massive one that the tng era had yeah which is you know? it's much. like which was too much because they're supposed to be like you know directly related to vulcan so that's yeah weird. Um, and
2: i remember watching unification thinking wait how is spock blending in with these people
3: right people are just like no mm. he blends in like what <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah they have the more subtle of course ignoring the tattoos because that was a unique thing in theory that was a unique thing Nero's crew did to themselves Yeah. but anyway the brow ridge part the more subtle sort of ridge it's more like the 2009 version of the Romulan makeup which I thought was good that seems about I, I liked that version overall
0: mm-hmm. so. yeah it looked good I agree alright so that that's obviously supposed to be kind of a placeholder I guess we'll get those maybe by the end of this year
3: well, I mean, they're starting in the fall because they're they're those are the little those are the little uh, Bouche, as Alex Kurtzman has sometimes called it. You know, for leading into a real series, so we get them right as little little breadcrumbs right.
2: to right. keep yeah
3: to keep people around.
2: <laughs> do do, you, do we know? Will they do all six of them before the Picard series, or will they? Oh, I would think so.
1: Yeah, I would have thought I would have thought that they would do all of them. Because it's supposed to be filler between series. The idea is that while you're watching Picard, that's all you are watching. Sure. Correct.
3: So I would think so. Yes.
2: Okay. I just wondered if they'd save a couple for afterwards because I'm, I'm not sure when uh, Discovery now. Season Discovery season three. Discovery
3: season three should be coming after that. Okay. Discovery season three is filming right now, so it should be ready. Oh, by okay. Like mi- oh, it, it should be ready by mid 2020.
0: Okay. Yeah, you would think you would think it'll run in the spring at some point. Okay. Yeah.
3: they want, They they shouldn't have a huge gap between Picard. Also, don't forget that what we're about to talk about is also coming sometime in 2020. They haven't said when, but sometime in 2020, we will also get Lower Decks.
0: Yes,
1: we will. I'm excited for this one.
3: So we will not have an absence of Star Trek content in 2020. Unlike 2018 and 2019, where they've needed to stretch things out, we won't actually have a problem, I think, with
1: content. Guys, this is going to be nuts.
3: It is going to be nuts. Um, Yeah, let's talk about Lower Decks. This is exciting. I really like the look of this.
0: I like it. Me too. Looks like so much fun. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> so I love the whole fun. concept. I yep. dig it.
2: This is this is going to give the Orville a run for its money. Is my prediction.
1: Mm. It, might do. I, I think it's sort of, right? yeah. It's I think it might be its I, own beast enough that
0: Yeah, I don't think yeah, to be honest, I don't see them overlapping.
3: Yeah, and the Orville is tr- is finding their own sort of footing now also,
0: so.
1: Moving know. to Hulu.
3: Yes, we'll talk about that later because we we'll, we'll, we'll hit on that for sure
0: yeah to me this is just lower decks is going to be kind of a farce and a parody like i i don't know it doesn't feel like the orville is going for something a little different i, I
1: don't think. know i bet lower decks will still have some serious like some actual like good story behind it It can't be all farce yeah no I, no i think know, so. Yeah, jokes. But, and I, yeah, so yeah yeah but, so but, but it's have going to the the part. be mostly
0: yeah
3: yeah and let's just say that as we all kind of were like 99 percent sure this is roughly in the TNG era because that's Mike McMahon's preferred era, as we know. Mm-hmm. So it takes place like the year after Nemesis, so it is still basically the TNG era. His, you know, TNG season eight stuff. You could just you just knew it was going to be a TNG era mm-hmm. show, and mm-hmm. it and it and I like it. And you know, I've, I've read a little bit of the book, the, the book version of this TNG season eight that we fleshed out that Brian was talking about on the podcast a little while ago, and. I can see it, and the way he talks about this show, I can totally see the, you know, the commonality, the style. Oh and, yeah, and I'm very psyched for that.
1: I love the. Um, so we got to look at a bunch of stuff from San Diego Comic Con, including the art and some of the yep. voice actors, and they also gave yep. a description yep. of some of the 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 characters. The descriptions are great. And what my favorite thing, I think, about it is they get they show like sort of two different sets of characters, one of which is yeah. the bridge mm-hmm. crew and one of which is are this actual stars of the show. And the description of the bridge crew includes something like the bridge crew think that the star of the show, but they're not.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. They, yeah, yeah. they think it's about them. And it's then so it's so great. Yeah. And then
1: there's these four ensigns and the, the the bridge crew people look very much like the kind of people who would think that they are the stars of the show. Yeah.
3: I like that the bridge crew has this grizzled Bajoran dude among the group and
1: a like Riker on steroids.
3: Yeah. um, Let's see. They describe him as, um, Oh, where is it? Oh, he's kind of like Riker. If you gave him a little bit of speed and a little less shame. (laughs) (laughs) i like that he's the california bro version of Riker, basically yeah Yeah, it's awesome Riker, Um,
2: if he were played by chris hemsworth in the ghostbusters 2016 yeah
4: right
3: right right (laughs) so that's awesome and i also really like that they have a cation a grumpy cation doctor Uh yeah me too and i saw people i mean i immediately thought this and i see other people on social media thought this too is they basically said she's like Cat Pulaski, and I think that's probably right, and that's awesome. <laughs> Cat Lasky. I, I love it. Be...
0: Bring, bring on Cat Pulaski. I, I think that would be awesome.
1: I so hope so. Me too.
0: Uh,
2: we even better if they got Diana
0: I
1: was about to say it. that, and be? I want it to I be Diana Moldar's.
2: Or or she could play the cat's mom or something like that in one episode. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yes,
3: God, they should do that. uh if they if Diana Moldar would be okay with it, she doesn't really like her time on Star
2: Trek. I don't think she bad. does.
3: Which is too bad, but yeah, that'd be awesome.
1: Well, she should listen to our podcast about it. She and should, then feel better we, about it.
3: people love Pulaski, and I hope she knows That's that. That's right. So, then we get to our little like, kind of misfit group, right? These all seem awesome. One of them is this, like, chick who doesn't care. She says she's been demoted a ton of times. She just wants to do her thing, you know? She just wants to mm-hmm. hang out. She wants to do her thing. She likes to do... Whatever she do, she likes to fix stuff. She likes to do whatever, but, like, she wants to do it under her, her rules, right? Mm-hmm. That's a bit she's of a still, renegade. Right? So That's it, like, why if, she's still an ensign. If
2: Balana hadn't joined the Maquis, kind of.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, you could say that. And then there's a the guy who's all uptight. He's kind of a... He's book smart, but, like, way uptight. You know, that whole kind of type A person.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And then there's the eager person who almost doesn't care what you do you could assign her anywhere to anything she's just happy to be assigned like into a starship out in space which is awesome she's the one she's the one who has
1: my haircut right
3: yes she's the one right
2: this is uh uh, ensign tendy tendy yeah
3: that's cool and then we've got our geordie type fellow who's got a little augmentation so it's a little callback almost like what we saw with discovery right and like detmer's Mm, eye mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. um but of course this is like late 24th century so sure whatever and uh, he's I like that. See, they describe him as like he's a, he's a bit like Jordy LaForge, that he's amazing at engineering stuff, but unlike Jordy, he does not solve the problems by the end of every episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that's great.
0: Yeah, I love that bit. I also that's love
1: great. the uniform design.
3: Yeah,
0: yes,
1: that's good
3: me too. It's a little uh, you know, it's very late 24th century ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did it's, a it's great good. job of
1: taking the TNG uniforms and modernizing them just a bit,
2: just a teeny yeah. bit.
3: Can I just say, I saw people, this is so silly. I saw people who were like, Where, where's the gray ones that they were wearing in Nemesis? This is set only a year after Nemesis. And it's like, dude, it's one, it's animation. They're going to be bright colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And two, yeah. come on. What's more iconic? Oh, gee, the TNG stuff. Of course it's going to be plus TNG the, inspired.
1: Plus, the uniforms changed all the time between all the movies the and
0: the TV Constantly. shows. Yeah, who cares? Constantly.
1: And, it's a, and this
0: is like a silly little cartoon. Yeah, cares? it's
3: just so funny people it's like that's not the thing to nitpick I, I care way more that this is a funny thing with engaging stories yeah,
0: yeah. Make, make me laugh that's all i'm at that's all i'm looking so for. It, do laugh.
1: they do do we think that lower decks has to adhere to canon the same way that a live action show would
0: no nope.
3: I, I think it gets a lot I of care launch. Less. yeah i think it gets to just kind of doing whatever
1: because i kind of feel that way too but then my logical mind is like but why <laughs> shouldn't it have to because
0: it's not oh, because it's a it's, comedy. i don't think it's it's yeah. yeah it's not intended to be strictly living it's yeah. It's, yeah.
2: it's a especially if it's a comedy the most important thing is the rule of funny right right yeah like if star trek is trying to create a realistic universe that people are invested in that's when continuity matters if lower decks is just trying to make people laugh then what matters is if people laugh and right. everything everything else is secondary having said that yeah. they, well said. thank you Having said that, that uh, they have the same access to memory alpha that everyone else does, and I yeah. think they'll they'll probably <laughs> I think they'll probably use it really well.
1: I think I they'd think be so wise too. to adhere to canon as much. You well, know. I think
3: I think they they roughly will, yeah. But I mean, it just you know I think they can bend it when they feel like sure. it.
1: sure. But if That's they do fun. things that are like wildly like wait that, should, I guess it's easier too because the the time the time that they've chosen they're not. You know, in, they're not in the past before anything, so they're just not worried about like, oh, that shouldn't have happened yet, or so discovery falls, you know, victim to that because of the era that they've chosen. So
3: yeah, they don't have the discovery problem. Yeah, yeah. I like this quote from Mike McMahon, showrunner creator of it. He says, "It's funny enough, and it's clear enough that you that um, if you've never seen Star Trek before, this can be your first Star Trek, and then be like, oh, I guess there's some live action Star Trek too." But if you love Star Trek, it is a sh- it is in a shared universe. So there are jokes and jokes that you guys will get about, like, Odo's bucket. You don't need to know Odo in his <laughs> bucket for you to believe the characters on the show know, of, know about it. Amazing. So I'm, yeah, I'm so looking forward to seeing how they weave that stuff in.
2: Have, have we talked about the name of the ship? No, we should say that. Okay, it's the USS Saritos, which means Little Hills in Spanish.
3: Wait, well, yeah, it's also a part of SoCal. So it's, it's sure. definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's so definitely it's, like it... why they named it that, because mm-hmm. the class ship is California. The California, California class, yeah. So, you know, they're having, a... I also love that he goes out of his way to say that the holodeck breaks all the time, because of course, you know. Of course. Yeah.
1: I mean, so... that was true on the Enterprise, too, to be fair. How many times did right. you so trap him yeah, in there course. have so, the safety break? So, of course, break? I mean.
0: Yeah, that's that's the point. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the point. Running it's,
3: it's It's a trope that they're going to use, because <laughs> of course, you know, like, so I love it very excited i really i mean i know it's way too early for them to show us like anything finished but i would have loved to have seen like a scene yeah you know in motion not just still art but that's a Who little knows? too much
0: maybe maybe we'll see something in vegas mike mcmahon seemed to indicate that they were going to bring some goodies yeah, with them so. he says
3: we're, i'm bringing some goodies with us so mike yeah. mcmahon and the whole writer's room it sounds like for the show are showing up in vegas which is exciting.
1: I might actually be like most excited about this show, to be honest.
3: Yeah, I, you know, as we as I, we were going through this news live, like, um, lower decks came came up, of course, before Picard, and yeah, I was really excited about lower decks. I was like, yeah, yeah, I get get through Discovery, whatever. And the short thing was like, oh, cool, three Roman Pike. We kind of expected that, so I was pretty excited. And then I was like, yes, tell me the lower decks. Tell me, yeah, no. well, so it's happy. gonna
1: be, it's gonna make me feel happy it's after just watching different. it because it's, it's gonna yeah. be funny. Yeah. Yes. It's not going to be sad and depressing, which is like mm-hmm. so much TV these days, you know, is like dark yep. and scary and sad yep. and depressing. Yeah. And I want to, I want more escapism.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Me too, Kayla. Absolutely.
1: And I love, I love poking fun, poking loving fun at Star Trek. It's probably yeah, my favorite too. thing to do in general. Yeah. So. Yep. Like TNG season eight is like probably my favorite Twitter account <laughs> that <I've> ever existed.
3: <laughs> so and of course on that note they had to go out of the way to once again they have to do this every time because people get weirdly butthurt about it they have to make sure that they to be clear that this is by trekkies for trekkies and it loves star trek and it doesn't mock star trek or trekkies in any way because people always get the wrong idea when they hear this you it's know? it's a it's Ugh.
2: galaxy quest not saturday night life
3: exactly yeah. right no one's gonna be like get a life right. it's not that kind of thing it's it and it's it's Futurama, it's Galaxy Quest, it's not yeah. Anyway, so but they always they always have to like add that in every time I talk about Lord X just just to cover themselves and and it's so annoying. I mean, not that yeah, they it have it's annoying that they have to like they it's just like come on yeah come on guys People, you know what
1: this is yeah yeah they're not gonna do it's that. obvious
3: yeah yeah so ten episodes of the first like first season ten episodes coming in twenty twenty and they hmm. did a two season order right off the bat so. They'll make another ten for the next year. So too. the
1: execs liked it enough.
3: Yeah, it's getting two seasons right off the bat. Mm-hmm.
2: That's yep. that's a great show of strength right there. Indeed. Yep, absolutely. A lot of confidence.
0: All right. So we are now getting to discovery, the discovery panel, and which really was kind of light on any details. I mean, we heard we learned a few things. Um, we learned that the wormhole jump didn't go quite the way they wanted it to and not all of the crew ended up at Terralisium yep um Burnham has apparently been separated from the Discovery Yeah. um so I guess that's gonna be one of the subplots of the season will be getting the family back together by the end of the year probably facing some sort of common threat maybe seems like it yeah um and then we still don't know who is gonna be the captain of Discovery since they kind of kind of pushed that off near the end of the season. They really didn't want to deal with it with Saru or anything. Yeah, it's like a little that. awkward. Yeah. yeah. And
3: apparently it's yeah. not
0: gonna be Saru. Well,
1: well Kurtzman kind of
3: implied that it won't be, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm personally fine with that because you guys know my feelings about Saru and his command abilities. But yeah. um, yep. but he's the ch- in the next in the chain of command.
4: Yeah. So, like, why
1: is there even a question about it? Like, if I were Saru, I'd be yeah. pretty upset, honestly, if they didn't make me captain.
0: It'd
2: be, t- it'd be
0: time to get the quills
2: out. Exactly. <laughs> if, if, if you try to mutiny on Saru, he has, like, 16,000 different powers he can use to kill you.
1: <laughs> and more, yeah, more that we haven't even learned of yet, probably.
0: <laughs> He'll donkey kick you, quill
4: yes. you. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: At the same time. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah.
1: I loved um last season's we had our Saru ability watch. Yes. Every time he revealed a new ability it was in our reviews. Uh-huh. That was so good.
0: <laughs> so the other th- big thing oh what well they also they're shooting in Iceland.
3: Yeah, so they spent some yeah. good money to go on location for the premiere episode.
0: Yeah, Senequa went, Mary Wiseman went and yep. I think our new cast the new member, cast member. Yep. which is David Ahala. Hey, is it, I think it's
3: Ajala, it? It, but I don't
4: know.
0: Ajala, A-J-A-L-A. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watch Supergirl, he plays Manchester Black.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he is playing a character named Cleveland Booker.
1: Book, for short.
0: A.K.A. Book. And We don't really know much more about him than that. Nope. Uh, he seems to be a bit of a renegade. We've been told that he's he uh, has a natural charisma and a devil-may-care attitude that tends to get him <laughs> into trouble as often as it gets him out. Ooh. So there you go, basically. I mean, that's all we got.
3: So so he's kind of Han Solo of this, like, 32nd century.
0: Right? Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. It's... And, yeah, so he's totally humanoid. He's, this, he's not p- playing this with any appliances or anything. He is... <laughs> appliances. Yeah.
3: He appears to be a future human, yeah.
0: He's a future human, yeah. So that's all we really know. Yeah. <laughs> About the third season of Discovery, they really didn't focus on this Discovery very much at all during no. this panel.
3: And you could just tell they were just like, "Yeah, we're we're trying to move it along, and we have so many other things to cover." And of course, they knew they're going to end on Picard and spend a bunch of time on Picard. Like they took questions from the audience with the with Picard and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. You could just tell they were like, "Yeah, we don't really like, you know, we're keeping it in the mystery box. Let's just move along, like whatever." Yeah. Well, they keep time it so under wraps.
1: The, time to
0: show off the new toys.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, they like their twists like so much that they don't. They can't.
0: They feel they can't say anything. Yeah. Which is kind of. Annoying. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So we'll see what happens.
1: I, for one, am excited to seeing ice for seeing Iceland.
3: It's it is
0: that's oh that's
1: absolutely,
3: always sure. cool terrain to see, and it's yeah. all volcanoes.
1: Absolutely. So you know, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see all the geology in mm. the background.
0: Hell yeah. Absolutely,
3: and Iceland is just one of those places where if you want a, like a foreign crazy place, that's one of the go-to places
1: these days. Oh yeah, it's so beautiful.
2: Uh, you also you just need to be careful that you don't go to the time of year when you've only got like thirty seconds of light per day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, right.
3: Yes, you have to go there when it's daylight like all the time, so you can keep exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's
1: not raining. They went
0: recently, right? Where they go about a month ago?
1: Yeah, so they'd have a lot yeah. of daylight in the summer.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. They went for the summer for sure.
0: Yeah, I think they were there for a week, maybe. I think something like I, f-
3: that. I forget now, but yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and that's kind of what we have. You know, that's they, it. they're yeah. they're establishing a whole new paradigm for the show, so they're building a whole new concept, basically. And yeah, according to Kurtzman, they're going to make the show even more complicated than it already is.
1: So. That I cannot believe.
3: That's yeah, what he says. I don't. I don't know why they would do that part, but
0: yeah.
1: Like, I I hope that's, like, overall not accurate because it was so complex before. I just can't see (laughs) how it could get any more so.
3: Now, if it's complex but in a good way that they've worked out, that might be okay. Yes, uh, yes. But can you
1: jam-pack that much, that many different threads into a, whatever, (laughs) 12-episode-ish season? that's that's a good question.
3: That's a good question. Well, we don't really know how many threads they're even really talking about at this point. We just don't know.
0: We don't know how many episodes they're going to be either.
3: Yeah, they haven't confirmed. I mean, it's 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 thirteen probably, but who knows?
1: I hope they simplify the story overall, and that he when he says that it's more complicated, he means like it's complicated for the characters and like the dilemmas they're facing are complicated.
3: I really hope so too. Yeah,
1: we'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll see.
3: The only notable thing, of course, is that they didn't really talk, and I didn't really expect this, but they didn't particularly talk about section 31 like, they didn't talk about it at
1: all at all yeah, yeah at all yeah and that's not, not, not surprising pe- because
3: that's not even really supposed to be a thing until season 3 of disco is done so this is true they're not really going to talk
1: about it well we don't it. even yeah, know it's if it's going to be made hear about that. right
3: yeah it's it, that's true it's still technically in question although they are still prepping it
0: they haven't been greenlit
3: yeah but they are still writing it you know they're still like going ahead and, like they're
0: writing it. up the pilot i think yeah so the first hour or two
3: and, of course, there's that one question, which is somewhere along the way, Giorgio has to make it back to the 23rd century to be part of the Section 31
0: show. Yeah, and when Heather Caden was asked about that, yeah. she kind of gave a weird answer, didn't she?
3: Yeah, it was one of those non-answers. Of like, yeah, she'll be there for most of Season 3, and then she'll leave. Like, okay, so clearly you find a MacGuffin to send her back.
0: Yeah, she's going to step into wor- accidentally step into a wormhole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it can't be something that they can replicate. Otherwise, everyone would just come back.
2: Yep.
3: Well, yeah. yeah, but of course, if you ask the writers, these guys are also resolute about going forward that they wouldn't take go back anyway.
1: Oh, right, so, you know, because otherwise they would have just not have gone in the first place.
4: Uh, yeah. <coughs> 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 yeah. Listen to our <laughs> season two
1: recap for more on that.
3: Yeah, we we yeah. There's a lot to say there, but we've already, said we've, it, already so. said it. <laughs> we've already yeah. said it. We've already said it. But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it because this is that whole new clean slate sort the of clean, way. Yeah, the it's, their, it's
1: their second or third or fourth clean slate, but I'm hoping...
3: Third time's the charm, kind of The thing. third
1: time's a yeah. charm, and that this is really a clean slate and we're not going to have a showrunner change in the middle of the season again.
3: Oh, I don't think so.
4: That just, oh, yeah, I don't I think would,
1: so either yeah. but I mean pfft, it's just been such a wild ride behind the scenes for the show it's so hard I feel yeah. very bad for the people working on the show because it oh, must yeah. be a struggle so, to make something coherent out of all these pieces yeah. yep yep
0: yep, yep. yep. It'll
1: be cool to see what they do in season 3 if if they really can have one sort of cohesive vision going forward I hope they can
0: I hope so yeah for their, for their sake I, I, and I've said this before I really do hope they have less episodes like 8 to 10 would hmm. be better it would it would force them to focus a bit more, and they well, see, can't. They go may off end up in with ten. tangents. They simply wouldn't have, you know. They, yeah. If you don't have as much space to play in, it might create a little bit more discipline. Yeah. And I think they they could definitely use that.
3: Yeah, ten is kind of the new number because that's what the Picard first season is. That's what Lower Deck's mm-hmm. first season is. It, it may it may very well be ten.
2: Yeah. I think it's fine with me. I think yeah, uh, I think it's fine. Game of Thrones set that standard
3: yeah well yeah it's right game of thrones is kind of set that mm-hmm. yeah it's fine and like you say maybe it forces them to be a little tighter
0: yeah <laughs> maybe right maybe yeah and i would assume we will know that maybe by new york comic-con yeah have I'm, I'm a betting, definitive answer by yeah. then yeah, yeah i'm
3: betting they'll have details for us by then yeah yeah because i mean they only just i mean really really they only just started like getting down to shooting at the beginning of this month so they don't have much yeah yet.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. They are probably not through their first episode yet.
3: I mean that's why they had some some perp, like stills from the like photos, you know, from, mm-hmm, from the set. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. about it. Because yep, that's really yep. all there probably is to show at this point.
0: Yeah, way too early. Yeah. All right. So that was the big panel news. The Star Trek Universe panel. Mm-hmm. Star Trek And that see,
3: have... and it really is a the universe these days. It's pretty cool.
0: Yes. Yeah, they yeah, and there's been a new branding we've gotten is a new logo, the Star Trek Universe logo hmm um so yeah so that's gonna become more of a thing now at these conventions you'll it's won't just be the discovery panel and you know it's a big whole new rebranding mm-hmm.
1: so exciting stuff mm-hmm. oh wait, yeah I just, that's
0: been a long yeah. time coming
1: we didn't mention one other part yes, of ma'am. the, yep. the uh, off-screen part of the star trek universe which is the uh podcast
0: Ah, uh, yes, they're going to do... The official, the official podcast, podcast is
1: coming back. I think it's going to be totally different, though, than the last yes, one. Yes, totally it's different. I guess we know only one of the co-hosts, I think, because yes. they said it was co-hosted by one of the voice actors from Star Trek Lower Decks.
4: Yep,
3: Tawny Newsom who does lots of sketch improv and does some of her own podcasting and all kinds of stuff so it makes sense that she would be a good host she
1: sounds like a great person for it and i really like the description of it which is talking about the idea that that the trek the show of star trek and the the sort of vision of star trek is a is a touchstone for the podcast in that like star trek looked at um, you know, social issues and the human condition and all this stuff. And they'll use that as like a springboard to talk about those things on the podcast. I thought that was a really, really cool um, topic for a Star Trek podcast instead of just like, let's uh, talk about this particular episode or let's, you know, it, it's it's opening up the the world a little bit broader. So I think that that's really neat. I'm looking forward to it.
3: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So we'll see where that goes. It's it's a, quite a competitive field, Star Trek podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yes, it is. It's hard to break through. Yeah, and that starts in the fall. Yeah, I ramp up ahead of Picard. Like I said, it was quite a packed... Uh, yeah, lots of stuff. A lot of stuff happened. A lot of stuff happened. But there was a couple of other things that happened. Um, I think the day before, there was a big uh, Inglorious Trexpert's panel. With Mark Altman and Darren Doctorman and Robert Meyer Burnett, which is another people. podcast, another Trek podcast, right? Which if if you guys are kind of a hardcore
3: Trek fan, that's actually an excellent podcast. To pimp another yeah. podcast on our own is kind of crazy, but they're di- but the Venn diagram is a little different with that one. It overlaps yeah, if you're is. kind of a more hardcore, old school Trekker, like kind of th- yep. you'd be interested in it. I like it. Brian likes it. If that gives you yep. an indication, yeah.
0: So, lots of behind the scenes kind lots of stuff. Behind mm-hmm. the
3: scenes, yeah. So, they were doing a cool panel.
0: Yep, they were doing a cool panel about the 40th anniversary of Star Trek The Motion Picture.
3: Yeah,
0: 40 years this year. 40 years this year. Yep, I know. I I saw it, I mean, I was very little, but I saw it in the theater. So, shows how old I am. Over 40. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) during the middle of the, the panel discussion, David Fine, who is one of the was one of the producers on the original director's cut that was made in in 2000, 2001, stood up and announced that he and his fellow producers, Mike Medicino and Darren Doctorman, and a few other people have been in contact with Paramount and are at least far enough along in negotiations to announce that they are planning on doing a 4K restoration of the director's cut of the motion picture
3: yes finally this is something we've been clamoring for ever since we knew the 40th you know was coming up we were
0: like hello this would be a good thing (laughs) it would be a good thing and it's kind of amazing it's happening
3: yeah i was stunned that they were actually far enough along that they felt confident of even saying anything publicly that's awesome
0: yep yep and kudos to paramount for even talking about it so (sighs) because the I mean, originally they weren't.
3: That's that's the other thing that we have to point out. Because originally they were just going to re-release the theatrical version for the 40th right. anniversary. And I think they started to put a bug in people's ear. You know, the the, 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 the Director's Edition team is very passionate about it. I think they got wind of it and kind of said, you know, we could do one better. And Paramount went, oh, really? Huh. You know, started thinking about it.
0: If that happens, I, I wouldn't think we would see it before the spring.
3: Yeah, it's not gonna that's the spring bummer. summer, you know, Yeah, it won't be ready year. by the anniversary because they're getting on to it not in time, but oh
4: well. So
1: if they're looking for a um really bad way to market it, they could say that there are four thousand pixels for four decades since TNP. <laughs> that's one thousand pixels per decade
0: oh boy,
4: um, oh boy.
1: Kayla at trekmovie.com if you want to use <laughs> my ideas email. <laughs> I have some other great ideas um, just that's just a little sample <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
3: so their hope is if, if it all comes together they could have an announcement like on the 40th anniversary date but of course we wouldn't be yes. ready by then but they could announced by then so
0: right so for those of us who love the movie like Matt and I we're excited is a, this is this is very good news. I'm
1: pretty yeah. psyched as well. Yeah, it's
0: good, good. Yeah, it, you know, uh, uh, without getting into detail, the motion picture has had a very turbulent existence. <laughs> it never was, fin- it was never finished properly to begin with, and this is the opportunity forty years later to really finish it. Right. Awesome. I mean,
3: that's the thing is these guys worked with Robert Wise, who was, of course was still alive in two thousand and one, and they were closely with him. And you know, Robert Wise actually considered this. I mean, you know, we see director's cuts and all this stuff, and it, a lot of times it's kind of BS, and maybe it's rubber-stamped by the director, whatever. No, he was involved really closely, and because of that whole being rushed to the movie theaters in December 1979, he was never happy with it, right? So he legitimately does consider the director's edition his final cut. It really is the yep. edition that he's happy with. Hmm. And so, it, no, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's the thing, you know? He really does, so... I would like to see that honored and brought into the modern video world. Yep, and it's a beautiful film. That's the other thing is like, sure, people, you know, whatever, motionless picture, yada yada. But the one thing you can't deny is that it is is it that. is a gorgeous. It is. Um, yeah,
1: it would look great in four K on a big screen. Exactly, yeah. it
0: deserves to be restored properly. It's a very cinematic film, and the mu-
2: the music is spectacular. Right for that for for those who. For those who don't know the, the TNG theme the Star Trek march is from t- motion picture. Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. Yep. And so it's it's like it's like a, a more of a planetarium show in some ways. <laughs> right? Sometimes. Yeah. Or a laser light show. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
3: um anyway, yeah, you know, Brian and I have talked about this many times, but it really is one of the one of the only Star Trek films that's truly like Big budget, cinematic, made for the big screen. Because as we've talked about, if you guys have listened to our other podcasts, of course, like literally Star Trek Two II and Three were made from out uh, like from the TV budget perspective. You know, they were they pulled Harb Bennett, who was a TV producer, to do it. So they mm. everything got a little smaller and less grand. And so mm. there's a reason to have the motion picture restored into its to glory for its 40th anniversary. Yep. So we're really happy yes. about
0: that. Yay. Yes, we are.
3: So let's hope that happens.
0: Fingers crossed.
3: Darren describes it as, the green light has not yet been given, but it is a yellow light, and we've been given permission to talk about it at Comic-Con. So that's Mm. encouraging.
0: Fingers crossed. The human adventure will begin once again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we have one other item to discuss that is not directly related to Star Trek. We learn that the Orville is leaving the Fox Broadcast Network and is going to Hulu.
3: Yeah. By the way, not surprised at all. By this. No,
0: no. It, you know, Disney now owns 20th Century Fox, which owns the Orville. Yep. And the Fox Broadcast Network is owned by, Rupert Murdoch's group. So it's a different company altogether. I know that sounds weird, but it, yeah, I know that sounds weird, but that's that's the that's the arrangement. Yeah. And so I think it's easier for for the seth mcfarlane gang to separate and this will give them you know moving to a to a streaming service gives them more time to play with they don't have to adhere to a broadcast schedule so but
1: mm-hmm. how does that work because doesn't fox own quite a bit of hulu
0: no but, disney owns hulu. well
3: well so fox does and then that part of fox was bought up it's by now disney owned by the walt so, disney company. so it doesn't matter yeah so the only part of fox see this gets almost like the cbs paramount yeah it's very it's very weird the only part of fox that still exists that is fox is weirdly the studio right the studio that makes the content that's disney owned the the over the air network like channel 40 that's fox or whatever that's still the weirdly that is still owned by rupert murdoch along with fox news and a few other like things but the studio itself like anything made by the studio that's called 20th century fox that's like all the
1: production company you mean by the studio correct okay
3: yes correct yeah the
0: studio itself 20th century like fox, the studio
3: yeah. lot is now wholly owned by disney so, wow, so they so. bought they it's it's a weird again yeah it's a weird split up of assets in a way um so yeah the fox network like the broadcast network that's the Rudox. But weirdly, the production company that makes the content that's owned by Disney now. So it's what? So, weird. so
1: tell me again, what was Orville before? It was owned by the Rupert Murdoch. Company? All Fox. Yeah, all Fox. Okay. When, when, before and now Fox it's going up, it was... to be owned by Disney.
3: Disney <laughs> right. owns it because Disney owns Fox, the movie company, like the movie <laughs> studio. Okay. <laughs> And then all they basically did is...
0: Disney wanted the library, they right. wanted the 20th Century Fox library, but they had to take the studio, away. Yeah. right?
3: So they took the studio and all the God, assets. Disney
1: limited. owns way too much stuff.
3: Disney owns. Yeah, we'll yes, see again. Yeah. Again, this is how they sidetracked getting the Stink Eye. Was they kind of right? They just said, "Well, we'll take this, but you can keep still keep some of that." So the Department of Justice and other people don't look at us funny when we buy. Yeah, You, right. Right. Short, you know, right. it's growing it's our monopoly, kind of Yeah, right. It's that game. So anyway, so because of all this little maneuvering, Hulu is now a majority owned by Disney. In fact, they're mm-hmm. probably about to go buy out even Comcast's share, share of it in a what, couple years, I think, is the plan. So at this point, it's almost entirely a Disney run service anyway. Um, and so it's not really surprising that just like Star Trek need, finds a home on streaming things that are more premium, right? Things that are premium they they go to streaming or they go to premium cable like HBO right like Game of Thrones is not on which is basically you know... streaming
1: as well right because right. a lot of exactly. people watch it that way
3: right and so but either way it's something you pay for and it's really not surprising that the Orville moved that way
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, yeah so I don't think anyone was really surprised I know people it's so funny to watch people get all mad the same way they were mad that Star Trek is on streaming you know and it's like well that's the that's the current media climate we live in. Yeah, honestly,
0: that's Plus, just the way it is. And, and you are paying for cable. These people that are complaining about that are paying for
2: cable. And
1: cable's so expensive. Like yeah. I don't have cable because I can't afford it. But I have Hulu and Netflix and HBO Go.
2: <laughs> right. Oh, good heavens! <laughs> wow. I mean,
0: I'm not. I'm not telling people that you have to go out and pay for Hulu. I mean, I get it. But getting all these streaming services after a while. Yeah, that doesn't. For, sure, no for sure. Yeah.
3: But, I mean, at this point, this is the kind of thing where it's, like, almost a la carte. You, you subscribe for a while because the orbel's back. always It's it certainly and it more a la carte
1: than it. cable. And it's easier to get in and out of subscriptions. When you sign up with a cable company, it's, like, good luck canceling yeah. it. You're going to have to call right. and wait all on these hold for an, an hour. Pretty, and much,
3: and... pretty much know you're going to, like, cancel for a while and come back. They yeah. pretty much know that. It's fine. It's yeah. it's part of their business model. Anyway, so they moved to Hulu. Um, and, of course, people kind of freaked out. I, there's a nice quote from Seth MacFarlane about it where he said, Um, For me, episode length is really the one and only thing that makes the traditional broadcast model frustrating at times. It forces you to cut every story to exactly 42 minutes. With all the work we put in, I like having the option to let the article breathe a bit for season three. So, Mm. I mean, that's the thing. They all see it as a fairly positive. I don't know why people think it's negative. It was kind of an expected one, and I don't think it's really bad. Hmm.
2: Way, you know. It's not. It's not just that you have to keep it to exactly 42 minutes, but you also have certain act breaks for commercials, uh-huh. right? So true, it's, it's got to be very yeah. difficult to write in those constraints.
1: Although they might yeah. still have some restrictions for that, since Hulu is uh, has such a strong ad-supported. Oh, yeah, you're right. Plan. I yeah, have like I have ad-free one, but. They have a lot of people on the ad supported plan. Yep, yep. So yeah. So I don't know sure. what restrictions they put on their shows for ad breaks.
3: Oh, I think I uh I think they literally just insert them wherever they feel like for old, like for older shows that don't have modern commercial breaks, they do some really awkward insertions. Yeah, well
1: then it's like a mis- it'll be like in the middle of a sentence. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Well,
3: well so they'll they'll try better than that, I think, but yeah. Sometimes
1: it can be it like out. in the in the middle of a sentence and it's really awkward yeah. for older stuff. It, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. And- <laughs>
0: And I think they have international distribution for this show mm. too, which could be broadcast oriented. They, they
3: do. Um, Seth even took to Twitter because people were freaking out. Well, what does that mean? Because like Fox UK has it. And he said, look, this is the, this is the, you know, the this is the home base only, right? This is the U S where we make it is moving to Hulu currently, as far as he's aware, all the you know, international, you know, syndication deals and stuff are the same. So hmm. if okay. you get it in Fox UK, you still get it on Fox UK. Things yeah, like, good. Yeah. which is also what I expect because there's literally no Hulu uh, overseas right you can't yeah. so there you go and I watched have have I
1: watched hundreds. Orville on Hulu this whole time so zero change for me and a lot
3: of people mm-hmm. did that's why I think again I think it's funny when people bitch about it I know a lot of people who watched it on Hulu well because they already had Hulu mm-hmm, like, okay, yeah. okay mm-hmm. so no big deal
0: anyway and the- Apparently the series is not coming back until the fall of 2020, which to me is insane. Way that's, too long. Yeah. That's way too long. Yeah, they're just—they're uh, not. It just back robs to... you of any momentum you have. A like, lot of yeah, really shows are thinking...
1: doing that these days. So they're going one yeah. to two year breaks, and honestly, by the time the show's come back, I'm like, I don't even want to watch it anymore.
3: Yeah. yeah, I'm not really sure what what happened there, but yeah, they're not getting back to like they're not getting back to work on it for a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, I assume that's has something to do probably with with McFarland's schedule. He maybe he's Yeah, maybe. working on another feature film or something, but like that's a long time. It's
1: disappointing. Yeah.
0: It is. Disappointing. Yeah.
1: I think what I what I, what happens to me is between when these shows do these two year or more breaks, it's like I learned what my life is like without the show in it without and it's fine.
3: Yeah. Yep.
1: You know what I mean? It's and true. so People I don't have need,
3: Yeah, they need to be aware of that.
1: It, yeah. Yeah, so I don't have any reason or need to like get back into it or impetus yeah.
0: yep yep totally agree
2: so that that's a like a negotiation tactic the whole idea of i'm walking away from this deal and if someone says they walk walk they're going to walk away and, you, and and they're kind of bluffing but you realize no that's okay if you walk away then all of a sudden they're in the weaker negotiation standpoint <laughs> position, right yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. also it's not good for the orville to be waiting this long until with with Short Treks, Picard, and Lower Decks between now and then. That's, and the that's fact really... that they're
1: changing mediums. Yeah. Because people won't know where to find mm-hmm. it necessarily if they haven't been paying attention.
0: This is true. So,
1: Well, I hope it does well because I really like the show a lot.
3: Yeah, yeah. it's a fun show. You know,
0: it's a succeed for sure.
3: I did want to say, well, there's one little shout out I wanted to give, which is like, yeah. Orville looked like they did. I, I was not a Comic-Con. I do wish I could have gone to see this, among other things is it looks like the, the guys at the Orville put on a hell of a cool experience, you know, off-site for fans to go to. And they had um, the big old funky alien, who I can't remember his name now. I'm totally spacing it. That was around in one of the earlier episodes. Like, the huge dude. Um, he was part practical and part CGI. So they actually had, like, the practical version of him.
0: Like, oh, cool.
3: There. And they even had a sign out that said, like, go up to him. Take photos with him. Like... And it just looked really fun.
1: I actually do have a Trek anecdote as well. Oh yes, Trek. Right. Jared shared one at the top, and I figured I would save this to the end. Um, All right, as let's a little, bookend it. Then. A little treat for anyone who stuck around to the end. Um, <laughs> so I was eating lunch at work the other day. I was like sitting on an outside table where people are coming and going from a building that I was at NASA. Of. At NASA, Houston. at, John- at uh, Johnson Space Center. No big deal. No big deal, just whatever. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting there eating lunch, and I keep hearing what I swear. It, at, f- at first, I thought I was going crazy, because I kept hearing what I thought was, like, the very beginning of the the sound of the transporter. Like, that, uh-huh. like, kind of um, <laughs> celestial hum, you know, when it just starts to, be- to energize someone. And it was, like, the beginning of that, and then it would stop. And I was thinking, did I set that as like a text tone and forget about it? Yeah. Like, yeah. what is going on? Does someone else have some kind of sound? But it was, again, just like start it and then it would cut off. And I kept hearing it when I was eating my lunch. And I realized it coincided with people going in a door that was not too far oh. from me. And it was, Crazy. And it was actually just the sound of the door which is metal like rubbing on the threshold which is also metal and as the door slid across it it made that oh no way oh that's cool and i want to i have to go back and try to record a sound of it i I just i feel like i'm gonna look like an idiot like with my phone like (laughs) hunched on by the door people going in and out but
2: or or i would imagine in a secure government facility you don't want to go around appearing like you're recording stuff right
1: <laughs> i don't know carry a clipboard and you know everyone just thinks you're doing something official probably oh okay <laughs> just just
2: get a look on your face like you're slightly frustrated and everyone will assume that you're you're yeah uh, yeah hard it better. takes scroll
1: really some notes or... on a clipboard where a hive is vest mm-hmm. and you know we
0: could her. do a gary seven then it just take your cat with you and walk around.
1: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow gary seven reference well that's that's really cool caleb
1: so it's, every time I go and eat lunch there now, I listen for it, and I can hear the just the beginning of the transporter sound.
4: It's I like love a, that. That's awesome. It's like a
1: Pavlovian response to that particular mm-hmm. frequency.
0: <laughs> it's probably slightly comforting as well.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah,
2: very cool. Well, thanks, Kayla. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. All right, gang. I think we've covered everything. Yep. Thanks
0: everyone who stayed Um, with us till the end. Yes, thank you for hanging tough. We hope you've enjoyed it. And we will be back in a couple weeks after Star Trek Las Vegas to do a post-Vegas, you know, post-mortem kind of a thing. So we'll see you guys then.
1: See you then. And if we see you in Vegas, you know, we'll see you before then. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Yeah.
0: All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye, guys.